Hey, what's up? It's Bon, and this is a new episode of the EchoCast. And today I have a guest is Riley at a.k.a. George. You may know him from his YouTube, uh, his old coverage of The Division or current coverage of survival games or uh, the things that you may not know he's been doing at Ubisoft Massive. So please enjoy our conversation. We've uh, known each other for a long time. I think that shows uh, during the chat. Uh, but I think we had a good uh, chat about um, how we got into gaming, uh, just all kinds of stuff with games in general. And uh, talk a little bit about division uh, and a lot about a lot of things. So check it out and I will see you after. Today, I have George, a.k.a. Raliat, uh, on uh, the show, and uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's something we spoke about end of last year, maybe. It was a while ago. I, I've been intending to do this for quite a while, um, and I'm finally, you know, finally going through with it. You're a busy guy. You've always been a busy guy. Ever always. since I think we both sort of like fell into similar lanes. I've always sure. known you as somebody that just has uh, too much for me. <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to do everything that you do. But uh, yeah. That, I do a I've whole bunch you. and not much comes of it. And that's totally fine with me because <laughs> I'm doing it for fun. And, uh, and and that's okay. It's it's um, I, I think the big thing for me and, and I think something probably for you at this point um, is not everyone's going to be, you know, pootie pie or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, most people doing this kind of stuff, making content, doing podcasts are you better be doing that for fun because mm-hmm. especially today. it's hard to make it, you know, and um, I I think the window for people to just fall into it has probably kind of closed um, years ago, especially in like the gaming space. Um, But really, I think in creation in general, um, now you I think it's about who you know and things like that. Um, But that's fine. Like, I don't want to make it. I have a job (laughs) like like I have. when you say about the window getting or closing, I think it's definitely like a lot smaller than it was because obviously the the less people doing it, you're still kind of unique. Whereas like the more people trying to get into it is you've really got to stand out. And I think that's where we see people like Mr. Beast on YouTube, just doing the absolute craziest of things. Because yeah, you have to, because everyone now can do what we're doing right now you know it's yeah it's it's so easy everyone has a webcam everyone has a mic everyone has headphones and so i'm perfectly fine with just doing the thing i do but like yeah it, it's it's so interesting um in the whole space whether it's social media or youtube or twitch or you know wherever that you know there's a million balding white guys who like <laughs> to play video games out there you know, and so you have to bring something unique, whether it's, you know, your content or the way you present it or whatever. Um, and so I yeah. think that's been kind of an interesting thing with me. I've always felt like I've always gone like a third into a thousand things and that's fine. You know, it's, it's fun. I'm just doing it uh, for giggles. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so some things I wanted to talk with you about today is kind of like your history with gaming. Um, obviously we'll talk a little bit about, um, uh, 
you know, both of our origins to a point. Uh, we can talk about E3 a little bit back in the day. Who would have known that we would have gone to what was probably the second to last real E3? Yeah. Um, so we can talk about that. And then you're ta- what you're doing now, both content-wise and work-wise. Um, so games, what did what originally got you into video games? Um, I think it was uh, my dad showing me the Sega Mega Drive and the original Sonic game. I, I think it was the original Sonic game. I don't think anything game came before that. But um, yeah, I remember him turning that out one day. And then it was sort of like, okay, this is fun. This seems like a lot more fun than, I don't know what I was doing then, like drawing or something. Uh, and then it was just... Crayons. The... <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. Like I was probably like, I, I don't know, just doing some weird stuff. So I remember playing the Sega Mega Drive with my older brother and my dad. And then... I sort of, I think I went to the PlayStation 1, then 2, and obviously in between, like, Game Boys, Pokemon, I was a massive Pokemon kid when sure. I was younger. Um, so, yeah, and then just, like, went from from there, I guess, like, PlayStation 1, 2, and then I jumped over to Xbox, uh, had a couple of the Xbox consoles, and then in between, I've just gone over to PC, and I still play console, I have the PlayStation 5, I... It's used more of a media console for watching mm-hmm. Homeland yep. at the moment is the show I'm addicted to. So, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the, wow, you bring up Game Boy. That really, because <laughs> I think, oh my God, I'm, I'm trying to, so I know at some point in my life, we, we had access to a Super Nintendo. So playing like old Mario's, like the OG Mario's and like Duck Hunt and all of that. I'm trying to think if the Mega Drive had a different name here in the States. Um, I think I know there's a couple variations of it as well. Um, because now I remember pretty clearly around probably like, um, like primary school or like elementary school, middle school, I think I had a Sega CD. And I, which I'm pretty sure was the first disc based um, console. Yeah. Um, and it was a nightmare. Uh, it was awful. It was so bad because, you know, like the reading technology of the CD drives back then was like, you know, that's back when we, before they even had the buffers on like portable CD players that would like preload yeah. songs. So um, I, I think I'm a, a little bit older than you. So maybe some of this stuff is, <laughs> uh, you know, dating me a bit, but um yeah, like that was that time, like like the old Sonic games and stuff like that, and like the OG, like Mario and stuff like that. And then Pokemon, man, it's just like I remember my stupid little Game Boy Color. I think I had like one of the translucent purple ones, which in yeah. hindsight, like those were so cool, like so cool. And just like the stupid, like the awful sounds that the Pokemon would make. It's still just so iconic, though, you know, yeah. so and that's the thing. Like you can hear it, like somebody can mention it and you can hear that sound. R- right now yep and um now i do think maybe nintendo needs to stop using some of those old sounds in their literally newest games mm-hmm. i think maybe they're they're playing <laughs> they, they can update those a bit but um well what do you remember um like what do you remember being like the first game that you just like couldn't get away from that you're sneaking into the living room to play or I, I think it was um, one of them I remember not being able to put down was 
think it was Pokemon Fire Red at the time. So this was Game Boy Advance. And this obviously one of the color ones. And I remember being on holiday once in Cyprus, I think. And uh, it was obviously so my mum and dad and my two brothers. And I met this guy, the same age as me, who was also massively into Pokemon. And he told me about um, being able to get to another region, I think, in the game. I could be completely wrong now, but this is so long ago. And so I went out for a meal with my family that night, and I said to my friend, I can't remember his name now, and I said, like, can you take my cartridge, and can you get me to this island? So I gave him my cartridge, I came back from the meal, I was sat there, he was sat, like, on our, like, porch thing, waiting for us to get back from the meal, he's like, George, George, I've done it, here you go! And we just sat there for, like, two or three more hours, this is when, like, you had bedtimes. And I just sure. remember, like, it kind of felt like experiencing my favorite game all over again, because I'd never, I didn't know that this part existed. Um, and I just remember not being able to put it down. Like, my mom would be like, okay, George, you got to go to bed now. I'll take your Game Boy. And I was like, no, like, you're not. Um, I played it, like, the whole holiday there. I think I sat under the shade the whole time just so I could see the screen. Uh, that was the first game that... I guess I got addicted to. Um, it was, yeah. It, it's, you know, the the modern way of gaming. And it's so interesting for me to think about what it's like for kids nowadays um, to have games, like to have the Switch. Like the idea yeah. of being a child with a Switch right now just blows my mind because I, I had... Yeah, sorry, no, I just wanted to say that I kind of think games are too, not too readily available, but like are so available that you kind of don't have the experience like me and you did as a sure. as a kid where like Game Boys was the only thing you could game on. Like you don't have games on your phone, you can't like, you know. And, and you had one game. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you had like you didn't have Game Pass where you had access to hundreds of games. You had one. And like as far as you knew when you were a little kid, it's the only game that ever existed. And like yeah. I had now this it really ages me. The the Game Boy, I remember having a Game Boy that had a light because they didn't have backlights yeah. <laughs> at first. So if you wanted to play in the dark, you had to have a light that shined on it. And it was just like there was something about that moment. And then like what you said about that, the kids saying, oh, here, like, did, you, did you know about this new region? Well, you know, we didn't have Google. You know, so yes. we, we, yeah, yeah. we didn't know everything about everything. And so now it went both ways because you could have someone like that who's kind and honest. Or you could have the other side where it'd be like, well, if you hit this and you go to this place, you can find a Mewtwo that's purple. And like, mm. and people would just lie, right, about things yeah, that were yeah. in the games because you couldn't fact check them. Now you whip out your phone and you say, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you're a liar. Yeah. Or you pull out and find out that's true. That was just such it's a moment in gaming where there were mysteries. You know, mm. there were still mysteries. There were still like, you know, things that you could figure out there were cheat codes because, you know, now it's all DLC, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. um, it, it was it was just a moment. And I don't think it's better or worse today. I, I, I think it's different. Um, but that that like that 90s era of video gaming, I think, was really unique. And um, and, and I think that we're missing something from that. Well, we've also gained a lot of things as well. So. It's um, um, a, a good a good thing about that is that I really miss game guides 
I can't remember the brand. I think it was like Prima or something. And you used to be able to go into a shop, pick up the game, and then yeah. spend like £10 on like a massive thick game guide. I remember printing off one um, for Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. Again, this was on Game Boy. And this like this was this was a few weeks after my dad got a printer and like ink was still expensive. So I was like, like, Dad, please, it's only a couple of pages. I think I printed off like 200 pages and I got so grounded for that. Yeah. Yeah, you had to like sell the car to pay for that, right? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> it was just it, it was a different time. And what's so funny is like I I worked at GameStop um when I was in college and we still sold those guides and people still bought them because mm. They were nice, like they were nice to get you through certain games, but they also had like a something special about them. They were um, the art in them was typically very high quality and really cool. Um, they were it was just like just to throw it on a shelf. You know, it was a, co- yeah. a collector's item to a point. And I can't tell you if they even make those anymore. Um, I I drove by my old GameStop yesterday and it's still open. I had no idea. Like I didn't, wow. I had no idea that was still a thing. So um, that is funny. So, so as time has gone on, um, what would you say like kind of currently, or, or I guess even historically, you maybe still, maybe don't play games, uh, in, in these genres anymore, but what would you say have been like your favorite genres, um, of, of video games? It's really difficult to say because I, I kind of compare this with my taste in music. Like it can vary so drastically and I'll just go through spells of like listening to something that. I wouldn't have even spent 30 seconds listening to. So I'd say like gaming wise, it really does vary. Like I can be heavily into first person shooters, depending what's out. And then it'll be loot and shooters. Obviously, like the division was something that just captured me and really held me. But um, lately it's been like MMORPGs, like a uh, new world that came out. Um I'm currently playing old school RuneScape, which is a game that I played in school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like it, it really varies, but that's what that's always going to be like Call of Duty that I'll go back to. I mean, that's I, I remember spending like too much time on that when during the summer breaks at school. Um, I was probably a very vulgar kid online, like uh, in those Call of Duty lobbies. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've made so many friends through through those types of games or that time period anyway of like the 360. So. Yeah, it it just does really vary. I'm definitely looking forward to the new Call of Duty. Um, Same. I don't know if that was the next question, like what are you looking forward to? But yeah, let's let's say a couple of games out. But it's hard to say like that's my favorite genre because of course, like uh, I'll always go back and play FIFA as well. So sure. mm-hmm. yeah, I I had a, so probably the earliest genre I really got into was real time strategy um uh, the early age of empires game but then age of empires too and which was just like even though i've invested thousands of hours into games like the division um escape from tarkov um other games that you know like the madden fifas things like that if i could go back and count my playtime, i'm willing to bet age of empires 2 is still my most played game um and, yeah. and that real-time strategy genre the starcraft and, and things like that um uh, uh command and conquer like just like those games 
Oh, they were just so cool. And like, as a younger person, you know, you felt like you could do anything with them. And then like, I started playing online on like old dial up internet connections and stuff. And which is just a shit show. It was just a nightmare. When you used to get a phone call and the internet would drop. (laughs) So I was a spoiled child. We had two phone lines and one was just for the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got very lucky uh, with that. And it was, that was when I was in high school. Um, uh, So that was a little bit later but um it what was uh really interesting for me as i look back and i was so lucky timing wise where when i went to college i went to college in 2006 and i hit a moment where when i was in college living in dorms with a bunch of other guys my age halo came out Mm. call of duty 4 came out like some of the best multiplayer games ever Uh, halo 2 like best multiplayer and we had high speed internet at, at college and we had land we could do land parties through the school's network and like at the time it was just cool we we're just playing games till three in the morning right but now as an adult i look back and like i mean if i if i would have gone to college you know four years earlier or four years later i wouldn't have been in that moment of like For with sure. call of duty 4 the guys in my dorm it was actually all of us in, like in a row we all had rooms beside each other um went to was it called battlegrounds where you could do like clan like 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 tournaments um yeah so it was the mlg it, thing right mm-hmm. and so we played and we got to the point we played so much that we got ranked like in the top like 10 in the world for a moment like it was <laughs> it was it was we weren't that good but it was just like we just played a lot and um and that was just again it's another one of those things like i don't want to be too nostalgic i games weren't perfect back then and you know games are really great right now uh, in their own ways but that that was just it was such a we didn't realize what we were experiencing we didn't realize mm-hmm. how important the games we were playing were for the future of video games because we were just a bunch of college kids playing games you know yeah, drinking yeah. mountain dew you know eating doritos you know doing doing the thing but um yeah that 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 genre thing is like you said is um is interesting because there's we said before that there just weren't as many games back in the day and now there's so many that you know i don't think there's too many people who are genre defined anymore um and i think that's great i think that's how it should be uh but it's uh it's it's interesting so um what i i guess uh well you said like what games you're looking forward to um yeah and so you said call of duty it's so funny how that's almost like a bad word now to be excited yeah. about call of duty um i i think it's so silly because like their campaigns are always so entertaining um i always get real hard into the 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 pvp you know they're the 4v4 and stuff like for for a minute but now they have warzone and obviously we have a new warzone coming um what do you think about that kind of move uh in the in the kind of uh, like the the pop video games it's kind of like how like pop music was never one genre it was just whatever was popular in the moment it feels like the the ver- the current version of that for games is battle royales free to play live service have your your battle pass um what do you just kind of how do you feel about that that move just kind of in general i think uh, the way i see it is something like this is uh, companies are trying or at least trying to follow a trend where they can 
involve as many people as possible. So like, I mean, I'm a big solo player. I've always played games a lot solo, but I think like things like battle royales where, yeah, the aim is for you to be the last man standing, but like if you can include that person that really into the game and then like their friends as well, then that's like five more people that are playing your game. I think it is really about encapsulating a community um because people tend to do things together and have more fun that way i mean when i'm playing solo games i'll still be in a discord call with like five or six other friends just chatting nonsense so i mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes because i can't remember what was before this like (laughs) it just feels like battle royales have been around for like 10 15 years and in theory they've been around for four or five whenever i look up whenever i notice uh how still relatively new fortnite is that yeah it hasn't been, it feels like it's been around for 20 years um and i'm not and i'm not i don't hate on fortnite i don't personally love fortnite i don't really i can't really get into it but i have so much respect for that game for essentially defining gaming for the last three or four years Mm -hmm. um in so many ways and the fact that now you can like shoot goku with superman with a shotgun like that fortnite is a game imagine telling like the 12 year old version of yourself what fortnite is it would be like your dream game, right? It, it's what we all thought games like, yeah. man, I want to be able to be so-and-so and do this and do that and fight this person. And it was like, it's, it's, it was like a pipe dream. Like you, you think that you're crazy, but now Fortnite exists and you can play Rick and Morty fighting master chief with Kratos. Like, that sounds insane. It's wild. It, it's, uh, but also, I was just thinking then about like what was before this, and you know that I'm a big survival games fan, mm-hmm. so like, oh yeah, you can easily compare a battle royale to a survival game in my eyes. And kind of before um, PUBG, I think a lot of people agree with me saying that Daisy kind of spawned a lot of these, where it was mm-hmm. like, okay, your your aim here of this game is to spawn in loot yourself up and then survive and then it's almost like people have played that game and then been like oh, i really like this feature but i think we could do this instead and then like they just they've just condensed it yeah they've just mm-hmm. exactly and it's it's kind of like um i don't know if this will make any sense but when you are first starting to bake like the first cake you make is going to be like kind of there but then like the 400th cake you make is so like that's nothing wrong with it. The flour is perfect. The amount of eggs you mm-hmm. used is perfect. There's no shell in it. Like, You've learned to sift. You sift yeah, the flour exactly. because that makes it better. Sure. And I think that's what we see with this is like, and then maybe it's just going to go back the other way. Like we're going to be playing a game similar to PUBG and then we're like, but maybe let's make the rounds unlimited. And the, the only way for you to play again is if you die. So... And then you just like start back at a survival game and then go go through the sure. loops. Yeah, it's um it's so interesting. I so my my personal favorite like battle royale is actually Apex. I love Apex Legends. That that game, it just um I really like the Titanfall games. And um that studio just has such a good feel for just meaty 
like mm. responsive gameplay, like like their gunplay and their movement mechanics. Like they're they're just so good at that with uh, you know, uh respawn. That's right. Um, and uh, what what I think is so interesting about that is that so much of the conversation, I think that there's such a blind spot uh, with someone like me to like mobile gaming and stuff like that, where like you don't realize that th these big publishers. Are, are they're putting out these like triple a double a free to play video games on consoles and pc and stuff but you don't realize that they're making like 70 percent of their money and they have millions and millions of people playing like the phone versions of games or phone games specifically like i, yeah. I saw some stat for it was like diablo immortal um that you know regular gamers if that's what you want to call them ragged on and that game made like a hundred million dollars in the first month or something. Yeah. And then you have like Call of Duty Mobile and PUBG Mobile. I think Apex is on mobile now. Like you have all these games going, you know, not to get into our own backyard, but you have that division mobile game coming out that looks like it's just gonna be like a division game. It's not gonna yeah, be like exactly. a VR or something. And so, like, and I've seen so many people like on the subreddit and stuff for the division be like, well, why would they make that? No one wants that. I was like, that game is gonna make more games, uh, make more money than the division one and two together, which were successful games. It's gonna beat both of them probably. And it's probably gonna have more players than either one ever had. And you may not like that. I'm probably not gonna play it. I I'm sure I'll check it out. I'm curious about it. But it's, even though it's not for me, like, I think that there's this thing of realizing that, you know, if you're not 18, you may not be the target for these games. And, um, and not everyone has a console, not, but everyone has a phone. And so I, I, I think you can't really talk about like current gaming trends and stuff like that and, and, and completely ignore the mobile unless, you know, you, you still don't see like in gaming media and reviewers and like no one really covers the mobile except the people who do. Um, yeah, but like, like some that's of the not in my YouTube atmosphere, though, streamers, um, yep. mobile streamers, and it's it's kind of like this weird separate entity that everyone like bashes on until you're exactly like you said, until you're part of it or until you're interested in it, you don't realize just how big it is. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think the coolest thing with mobile now is that it's, I mean, when I was a kid and I'm sure when you were a kid, your parents would tell you like, okay, that's enough gaming now. Like uh, go outside and, and mm -hmm. do something like play football, whatever. But now like, <sighs> I can finish playing RuneScape on my PC with all of my friends. I can get into bed and my partner will be like, oh, let's put on a film. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. She'll fall asleep in five minutes and then I can load up RuneScape on my phone anyway. So it's like, <laughs> what, like, that, the world we live in now is where games are so readily available. It's almost like you never stop playing it. Well, and you can even load up something like, like Game Pass or something on your exactly. phone. Exactly, yeah. Like you can play Gears of War 5 on your phone like <laughs> it's crazy you can play fortnite like the legit fortnite not even the mobile version on your phone like it's just it's so interesting and i think that there's a lot of like negativity around it and people um actually i'll tell you what and, and maybe this isn't completely correct before the br was like the dominant genre i think it'd be fair to say um like open world games was kind of the big yeah. fad before that which you know obviously ubisoft was a pretty big player in that space um other 
publishers and yeah. developers as well. But that, that just hit me of like, I feel like the big trend before BR was open world. Um, but then it, BR kind of takes from open world. It's like, mm-hmm. if you're playing a BR game, you're going to be playing a massive open world essentially because so, even like like apex or fortnite and stuff like well hell fortnite is hardly even a br anymore it is because it's a battle to the last but i've watched i was watching a stream last night someone streaming fortnite and i didn't know that you can go into fortnite now and not even try to fight anyone and play an entire round of doing like obstacle courses you can fish I guess you can like do all kinds of shit. Well, you can fish in Fortnite. Yes, you can fish for health. You can have a fishing rod. I don't know if that's in the current season or whatever, but it has been in it before. Um, There's PVE. There's like bosses that you can find and fight. Mm. Like it's wild. And um, it's just, but like you said before, uh, I was actually going to talk about some of the survival stuff later, but that's fine. We can talk about it now. Um, so I never played the mod version of Daisy. The the mod of was it Arma th- Arma Two. Yeah, Arma Two. Um, I think it was called Operation Arrowhead. You had to have, which was like the okay. DLC. Yep, and and but I was a day one pre order owner of the standalone. Yeah, which was what, like eight, nine years ago, maybe. I think 10? it's probably close to ten. Yeah, oh. I remember um, <laughs> actually with the standalone. I was working in uh, a supermarket at the time in England, and I think I was on my lunch break or just finishing. And my friend Tom had uh, gifted me the standalone version just like completely out of the blue like Mm -hmm. we we had played the mod a lot together and i just saw this email saying like oh so and so has gifted it was like what and uh yeah so that's where i mean obviously yeah i played the i played the mod a lot but that was on like a really really bad pc where i got like 10 to 15 frames um that was so interesting to me because i have a solid few hundred hours in that game and haven't played it in legit like six years i've mm-hmm. i dabble i've jumped in and out i think what's so interesting about that standalone game i think i played it i jumped back in last year i feel like um i used to watch shroud a lot and he got yeah. really into daisy the standalone and so off of him i got i started playing it again and it was so interesting because uh, the experience of jumping back into that game after so many years was was a real mixed bag of, wow, they've added so much. But also, man, this looks the same as it did 10 years ago. Like, this game does not look yeah. like a modern game. Like, it, it's really, I mean, but, it's, but they've added so much. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting point that you pick up on because I've always thought, actually, that... Um, daisy has always kind of looked pretty good like uh back then it was probably like one of the best looking games sure and oh, now yeah. like yeah that's that's some incredible looking games we can see what unreal engine 5 is doing to games and other engines for that uh, matter but like even now when i'm playing daisy i'm like this game hasn't had like a an engine up update in in like four or five years mm-hmm. and to me it's still like yeah unless you like zoom in at the ground or like you're really far away from a tree and it goes flat it's kind of like yeah this game still looks pretty crazy you have to account for scale yes of course so it's 
I think gamers now are really spoiled by how good games look. Um, that a game, the scale of Daisy is stupid. Like it, it's like uh, I've learned a lot about game development. Obviously, I'm just a guy who just talks about games, but I feel like I have gotten to learn a lot about how they actually work and how they're made and things like that. And it's just, you know, if, if you had a whiteboard and you wrote down all the things that Daisy is, you know, the simple fact is, is that groundbreaking graphics aren't going to be on that list because they can't be, you can't make a game that big with that many people. It just doesn't work. Like you have to give yeah. up, you have to concede somewhere and people don't play AZ for the graphics. They play it for the experience and the mechanics and, and all that stuff. And, um, and you and, and you see that a lot with that that whole genre. That whole genre is so interesting to me because it has to be, at least from my perspective, like the most forgiving player base in games of of, yeah. of people who are willing to just wait. Like the Daisy Standalone, for example. I mean, that's 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 been a long project that's still extremely popular and even with you like your coverage on on your current youtube of covering you know survival games are a dime a dozen in many ways especially on steam and like early access and stuff like that but they wouldn't exist if there wasn't an audience and so someone like me can look at from the outside and be like why are people wasting their time with these games that you know, these developers have bitten off way more than they can chew. Like, obviously, they, they you know, they, these are teams of what, like five or 10 people a lot of times trying to make an experience that rivals AAA games uh, in yeah. a lot of ways. And um, I, I guess, how do you, especially because you've kind of seen the other side of things in your current job, like kind of how how has that changed or, or kind of what's your current outlook on all of those kind of ground, you know, grassroots uh, survival games that are trying to make it? I think like um, it's hard to, I, I don't know, but like what I want to say is that people have a passion for the game they want to make and they don't realize what goes into making that game until they actually try it. Like, uh, I'm sure there was a time in my life when I was younger and I didn't really understand game development too well. I mean, I do to a degree now, but I'm not a developer. So, but seeing, um, yeah, like early access titles and you think, yeah, this, this is going to be my dream game. And you're like, why is it so crap? And then it's not until you realize how much goes into making a game, how, how almost everyone has to be aligned in the same vision like yeah there's there's games out there that have worked with a really small audience we um team sorry like valheim for example is the perfect example of this like it it can work for sure i think it's just about understanding the processes behind that and getting putting your vision that you have floating around in your head onto something materialistic and, and making that happen is it, a very difficult task. And I'm not saying that it can be done. Um, everyone has dreams and that's brilliant. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have our own dreams. So sure. I think it's just um, until you do it, you don't really understand, I guess, what you're getting yourself into. So it's something I've learned um, f- 
from getting to know like through like especially through the division um getting to know developers and getting to meet people and things like that it's it's a miracle that bad games get released let alone or finished like a game that comes out and gets like a five out of ten that game has thousands of hours of hard work from Mm. many people it's like it's like their baby let alone the fact that a good game ever gets released because it shouldn't happen it should be impossible so it's like it's it's so interesting and how you you kind of you know from the outside you just you know game development from a consumer's point of view is just a machine you throw an idea in it, it it mixes up and then it shoots out the other side and you want it to be a 10 out of 10. you want every game that comes out to be a god of war or a last of us or you know whatever your favorite game is and you just don't realize like some of the stories i've heard about the development of like the division and other games as well and that like it's just wild that any game has ever been released ever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, um, I, I just know that the people that I work closely with are so passionate about what they do. And that's what I love to see. Like, like you said, then that from the outside, people see that a game is just released and it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to play this now. And then I'm going to talk crap about it because I don't like it. And it's like, there's so many people that have put like, their time like blood sweat and tears pretty much into this game that they've like i don't know worked overtime or something like there's so many ramifications to making games nowadays that is so yeah there's going to be games that i don't like but i'm never going to turn around and tell that publisher or tell the developers that you know your game sucks because games aren't for everyone yeah people have a different idea of what perfect is all the time mm-hmm. but like it's so hard to see i guess sometimes it's warranted in a professional way like if you can give feedback professionally then yeah i I would warrant that but yeah like i said working with the people that i do now and seeing how passionate they are about games is definitely opened my eyes like the past three years to be like okay i kind of wish i had seen this sooner from like a growing up point of view but also i wish other people could see and understand what does go into a game like i see something um like i didn't like hyperscape i didn't care for it wasn't my cup of tea but especially in more recent years where maybe i've matured more or i've gotten to know more about how this stuff works is that like that's a nightmare like that sucks so bad for a game to just stop because people worked so hard on that like that was like and even getting to talk to people like i talked to mark dara in my last interview about like anthem and mass effect andromeda games that were not received real well you know they you know weren't loved um they are by a a a group of people does love those games but critically they didn't do well but people you know worked so hard on those yeah. games and like and and I, I guess what's interesting about it all to me is how um i've in 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 the years uh, as the years have gone by um my honest take is that 
I don't think feedback matters. <laughs> I don't think the average gamer has, including someone like myself, has any right to get feedback. <laughs> and I, I'm glad those channels are open and I'm glad that there's there's places for people to commiserate together and like be like, oh, I really hate they do that. And then someone else be like, yeah, me too. I really hate that. But like, I've, I've really questioned over the years, um, like how useful community feedback is. And, and I guess, and, and what's changed in my mind is I used to think of video games as like a service as there's this company, there's this group of people who want to know what you want from the game. You know, what do you, and I've, I've really changed my opinion a lot over the years of, I now think of game developers as like, as like a band. And, you know, most bands don't go into the studio and ask their fans, what kind of music do you want us to make? They make yeah. the music that they're passionate about. They, they have an idea for an album or a song, a, a concept, and, and, and they, they just go away and they make that album and they cut it and then they put it out. And either their fans like it or they don't, but they make the album that they're happy with. And yeah. I really think that game development should be the same way because you see games come out that are obviously meant to be big hits and you can tell like when a game has been made um in in such a way that it was meant to be like we want this to be popular we want this to be the next Fortnite or whatever but then you also see games come out that like no one consulted anyone on a group of people just got together and made it and a game like that i would almost say like like hades um i don't know if you ever mm. checked out hades um i played it a little bit i'm just not very good at those games but that's a game that like i feel like even or even like valheim that you mentioned like something tells me that valheim wasn't doing like product testing with large groups of people it's it, it, i've had a bunch of i've had a fairly small number of people just got together and made something they're passionate about I and I guess exactly that's how it went. It was something like yeah. that, like just like a group of friends maybe got together and were like, let's make this style of game. Let's yeah. we enjoy like, I don't know if this is exactly, but like let's say they all enjoyed Minecraft. They're like, yeah, I really enjoyed Minecraft, but I also really enjoy these features, these features, and I enjoy this setting. Let's see if we can do let's like I said, let's see if we can make our own dream game. Sure. And sometimes passion pays off, and that's exactly what happened with Valheim. Because like I've even tried to talk to people about um, and this is somewhat informed speculation, but, you know, like when there's a beta for a game or like a PTS, like a game that we're both familiar with, I'm willing to bet that the back end numbers that are collected from that are a thousand times more useful than the guy who jumps on the forum and says, well, I don't like that this thing does this. It's, you know, people need to realize that the you know, like the, the, the numbers collected of, you know, they can look and see how many people ran this mission and how quickly they did it, how many times they died. Like that kind of information is so much more useful than a guy who doesn't like the way that rifle looks, you know? <laughs> um, and not to say that consumer feedback is completely useless. I, I'm, I'm sure it's very useful in a lot of ways. I've just really come to the point where I've started to think about like, 
whether it's with games we're familiar with or not, or just the overall gaming. Like I feel like calm devs, uh, community developers, their jobs now are like partially collecting feedback and partially like kindergarten teachers where they're just kind of trying to satisfy the children. They're just kind of trying to keep the kids from pooping on the floor and they're trying to keep the kids from running out the door. They're just trying to just to keep everyone. Hey, we're good. Let's just stay all together here. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm burned out or biased or something at this point. I don't know. But it, it really like I don't envy the jobs of, of these people who are community facing um, in game development because I wouldn't be. <laughs> I can tell you that if I was a game dev, I would delete my Twitter. <laughs> I would just go to work and do my thing and then go home and not give a shit, <laughs> you know, um, which is obviously I, I come in to people who aren't like that. Um, and, and, and we both know a lot of people who who engage. And I think that's really cool. But man, I don't know if they get paid enough for it. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. Unfortunately, like it's a big debate at the moment is people hiding behind keyboards and it's it's a shame that there are like these community facing people that, like you said, me and you have worked with closely before take the brunt of this as well as like public facing developers. We've seen like mm -hmm. our friends like sure. receive horrible, horrible messages Yep, and it's it's weird to. Like if if you try and put yourself in that person's shoes, sending this horrible message, it's just like this. At the end of the day, this is a game that people are making because they're passionate about it, and they want you to enjoy that passion. Mm -hmm. But like, I yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it hurts to see it, and especially like, it's seeing it in work as well. Like sure some of the people you work with and they like tell you about some of the stuff they've read about them and it's just like shit like why are there people that's like this yeah well it's just such a weird set of priorities like and maybe it's because i have a bunch of other stuff going on but i can't imagine spending a minute of my time like that obviously there's people with different you know in different phases of their life and things like that. I, I like to believe that most of the people involved in that stuff are really young or something. I know for yeah. a fact, not all of them are though. I know for a fact, a lot of them aren't. And, um, it's just, it's such a bizarre thing. Um, well, just to quickly kind of go back a little bit, um, I, you know, I don't want, I don't, we, we could probably talk for like three hours if we, if we want, if we, if we could, but that's probably not uh, good for either one of us. Um, well, back when you, before you worked at, uh, Ubisoft and when you did get into, was, was the division the first game that you made content for, or were you making content before that? So I can tell you a story. It's a little bit longer than like just saying oh yeah the division was the first game i made content sure. over. but i think it's quite a funny story so um i've always liked the idea of youtube or, or liked the idea of growing a community and mm -hmm. being somebody someone comes to you and be like oh yeah what did you think of this and like you know this is the game i'm playing what do you think of it so i can't remember who it which channel it was that, like sort of made me start it but I created content on Call of Duty. I wanted to be like a, a trick shotter from like the Modern Warfare 2 days. Um, sure. So like I, want, I wanted to get into like FaZe Clan or like be part of Optic or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then the cool thing was to a lot of those guys that were playing Call of Duty at the time were also like playing the FIFA game. So I was like, oh, I'm going to follow some FIFA YouTubers. So I sort of like, I've had a ridiculous amount of YouTube channels in my time, but there was um, the first channel that did kind of well was I had a FIFA channel. And I I think I gained like just over a thousand subscribers. And I was like, back then, like... For the time, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think this was Mm -hmm. 2012, maybe. Sure. And I remember... um, Again, I was uh, on holiday with my family. I think we were in New York, actually, for for something or other. And I remember reading an email, and I got accepted into Machinima, and uh, they would post my videos or something. Sure. Um, but I couldn't get back to them because I, I didn't have data, and then, I don't know, the, the channel kind of went... I have no idea what happened with that channel, but then I made another channel, and it was... <laughs> God, it was a Minecraft channel. I, I was about to say Minecraft. I knew, I knew it was gonna be Minecraft. Yeah, there, there was a Minecraft channel where I did like some let's plays or like, I think I did a couple of live streams. And um, I remember my partner finding it at the time, and she was like, "George, who who is this that you follow on Twitter? Is they're called?" I don't want to bring up the name now because I don't know if anything remains of that. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't reply to the text, but I was like, oh God. So I went into the channel. I deleted. Yeah, exactly. I deleted the channel. I deleted the Twitter. I was like, I don't want anyone. Because if you told your friends at that time, you make YouTube videos, you would get laughed at. You would get like ridiculed. If you you do it now, they're like, holy shit, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember seeing it. I was like, um, my current partner, obviously, uh, I've been with for close to 10 years now. Mm-hmm. When she found it, I was like, oh, no, she's going to break up with me. <laughs> she's going to oh, think I'm the weirdest kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like she, when we met, she was like into gigs and stuff and like went out and like had like mm-hmm. this really cool, like opposite life to what I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she, she's so fucking cool. And she's now with somebody that like makes minecraft and i'm a nerd (laughs) yeah exactly so i was like nah i can't have this i've got to delete this um so i deleted all of it and then when we spoke about it she was like no i think it's really cool why did you delete that and i was like ah why did i delete it (laughs) yeah and i was like what if this was the channel that like took me rivaling pewdiepie or something (laughs) but it's is it was super cool of her because Mm -hmm. obviously she found it and she panicked at the time thinking like do i know this person like why is he hiding a separate alias from me um but yeah like explain it we both look back now and like laugh about it and Mm -hmm. and she'll like tease me and call me by the channel's name sometimes i'm just like "Ah, no um, I may have to shoot some DMs out and see uh, if I can find out what this name was. <laughs> <laughs> is I can t- I can tell you after. I mean, no, I don't think fine. there's anything on it now. Anyway, no, you're fine. But, um, it's 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 all good. And then because she's always been super supportive of what I've done. I mean, I wouldn't have moved to Sweden if it wasn't for her. But um, sure. I remember we had a conversation after this. I think because that was in 2013 also the year the division was announced, announced. at E3 mm-hmm. yeah and I think I remember seeing it at E3 and I remember speaking to her about it and saying like oh this 
this looks really cool because she's always ha always had an interest in games. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's always been nice that we can like go back and forth about them. And I said, ah, oh, this this game looks really cool. And we were looking after a friend's house. We were like house sitting or something. And uh, the conversation came up about like YouTube and stuff like that. And she said, oh, well, why don't you do a video on like that game you like, mm -hmm. kind of like that I found? I was like, yeah, maybe. But I also didn't want to be that person that sat in his room talking about games again because it was still kind of a little bit weird. Sure. Uh, but I did like the first video and I remember again speaking to her about it and she said like i thought it was good and now i just carried on and this was how it started for youtube for me i guess was just having somebody that believed in me and in what i wanted to do and was passionate about my passion um yeah and that was obviously 2014 and at this time i was working like part-time in a supermarket and i hated it i hated mm. everything about it um but i met my partner there so i guess there is that <laughs> um but yeah and i guess things kind of just is tumbleweed the that always sounds boring but like a uh, snowboard oh okay so. <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah because sure. tumbleweed just yeah uh yeah, they just but yeah just kind of... nah, i get it um, um but... yeah that's it, it's and so and so you go from there. So, you know, I'm sure the lead up to the division was uh, an interesting time to cover that game. And then it comes out. And then it's so funny that I, I remember um, my first experience with the division was the open beta they put out. Um, mm. that it was it was a fairly smart, small part of the map, I think right around the base of operations. And it was a fairly small demo. But I remember just being like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, like, how is this the game? And um, and because I remembered that 2013 trailer and even through all the controversy about like, a, you know, everything we know now that that was a weird era for games where like trailers always looked so amazing, but tech hadn't quite caught up yet. And um, but still, it was really cool. But when that game came out, it was a little rough, right? Mm. Uh, that, that's kind of known at this point. Uh, um, it, you know, obviously it developed into something that was very, very good over the years. Um, and, and over that time, uh, that's kind of when I jumped in. And I do, I'd be, I think I'd really be messing up if we had this conversation and didn't talk about um, going to E3 together. Uh, yeah. in 2018 as part of the Ubisoft star player program and how that was so cool. And it like, was, it, yeah. it's another one of those moments that I don't think at the time we fully appreciated what was happening. Cause we couldn't have known that two years later, a worldwide pandemic would happen mm -hmm. and essentially shut everything down. <laughs> and that like E3 was, is probably never going to be, be what it was when we were there. Cause even the year after we went in 2019, E3 was weird. It, they had yeah, changed a bunch of, of stuff missing or something. Right. Yep. And so it, it's really interesting to look back and there was that, that group of people that we got to go with, especially all the division people. But like, it's also kind of weird to think that, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the Rainbow Six Siege creators that was there was Beanans. 
Um, and that's yeah, Shroud's, and Shroud's girlfriend. <laughs> who, yeah. They, I think they met through Siege later on after that. I remember meeting her and talking to her. And there was a bunch of people there that, you know, we got to meet. That was like so cool. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, that was a, what do you remember? Like, what was your favorite part of that whole experience? I guess, honestly, like, that was, I think that was like the greatest few days of, of my life. Like, Sure. I'm not married yet, so I can't get in trouble for saying that. But um, <laughs> like, I, I kind of want to rewind just a tiny bit because yeah. before this, I was invited to ETF for one point eight of the Division One. Yep. So it was, that was kind of like my first like business or like PR thing I, mm -hmm. in a way. And I was like, I remember that happening and being like, okay, so people clearly care about what I say. People respect mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So I want to carry this on now. And I remember like thinking in my head, okay, like where do I go next to be like that person that um, isn't working in a supermarket anymore? W was like the idea in my head. Sure. But yeah, that was, that was super cool. Got to meet obviously like the OG division developers then. Um, but yeah, E3 was, it was so good. Just like, I, I think um, a lot of, because there was only a couple from the UK. There was definitely only a couple from the south mm. of England. We flew to Amsterdam first, and then we bumped into, or were then all on the same flight from Amsterdam to LA. So we were all like kind of close God. on the plane. That's a long <laughs> flight. <laughs> it was a long flight, but we had uh, me and the guy went with Pete. We had the mm. the whole row to ourselves. And so mm. I think I had the window seat, and then we just put all our stuff in the middle, and then we could like be comfortable. But yeah, um, sorry, you mentioned like, what was the highlight of that trip? I mean, there was a lot, but like the, when Julian was on stage talking about the division two was definitely like, I'm here. Sure. Um, and then I got like, I think I got interviewed for some news outlet, but I have no idea what happened with that. I think either you or Timmy took a photo of me. I have no idea. Like, oh, okay. I've never seen anything. Remember. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the highlights was the first couple of days there. I was super jet lagged and I got into the elevator in our hotel because it was a super fancy hotel, right? Yeah, right that in the place middle was of downtown. Insane. <laughs> and uh, I got into the elevator and I was like, I probably looked hungover or something. But I had my bright orange uh, Starfire oh, t shirt on. I remember. That was slightly mm -hmm. too small for me. Yes, I mm -hmm. can be too big for clothes um, <laughs> before Tim says anything. Uh, <laughs> And there was this guy who stood in there with me and he didn't really say anything until he looked at my t-shirt and I was like, yeah, like I'm a big deal. Look at me. And I looked up at him and he's like, oh, what are you here for? And I was like, oh, um, it's, it's something called E3. It's like all about games. And this is like the, I'm with Ubisoft. And it's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. I hope you enjoy your time here and whatnot. And I was like, oh yeah, thank you. I was like, that guy has no idea what what I just spoke to him about. So he he got out of the lift, and then I followed behind him. And there was I can't remember who it was was waiting at the bottom for me, but we were going to go have breakfast. And just everyone was looking at me like, "What just happened?" And they're like, "You just shared the elevator with Eve Gulimont." Yeah, and I was like, okay. "I thought I remember that." Oh, that's <laughs> who it was. And I was so like. 
I was just, my head was all over the place. Like, oh, I didn't. Sir, there's these things called video yeah. games. And I know, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you don't understand, but let me tell you about them. And, and I play the video. Like, yeah. oh, that's so funny. Uh, and it was, he must have just walked away with like the biggest smile on his face oh, thinking, ah, yeah. oh, bless him. That kid has no idea who I am. But the thing is, like, I knew who he was. I mean, everyone sure, in gaming sure. knows who he is, what mm -hmm. he looks like. But I just, for some reason, in the it's list different. at that point, I had just mm -hmm. didn't even think about it. And then um, my aim was for the rest of that trip to get a picture with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he wasn't going to remember me. That's, that's fine. I don't of course not. Sure. I, I could not care less. But um, we had the E3 after party, which I mm -hmm. think... Uh, everyone has memories from uh it was an open bar so i'm not somebody that can handle drink very well so a couple of bottles and i'm i'm more than married cheap date yeah um yeah exactly and uh i saw him there and this was still quite early in the night i, I think i was with um one of the guys that works at massive now called frederick and i said oh it's eve i want to get a photo with him and he was like well, go on then. And oh, he, yeah. he had like he had like a big group around him, like mm -hmm. all guys like dressed in like fancy suits and stuff. Of course he stuff. does. Yeah, it's really... And I was like, okay, right. Um, I'm going to finish my beer and I'm going to go do it. And for some reason at this point, I had a bandana around my head as well, <laughs> which I'd completely forgotten I'd done. And I just as barged in there. Yeah. <laughs> barged in there. I was like, Eve, please can I get a pitch with you? And like all of these people in their suits were just like, okay, this, this is a little bit weird. So I like grabbed a couple of selfies. Um... And I just looked on my phone and I was like, yep, mission complete. And then that night, we got a taxi back. I shared the taxi with him. Or oh, like wow. the or maybe not with him, but there was like a like three or four like I guess like SUVs, like the big black, like private ones. Sure. And um I got into it. And they, I can't remember what they said, but it was pretty much like, oh yeah, this is privately booked. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're with the uh, uh, party. Don't you see my shirt? And then when we, once we got to the hotel, like everyone else got out, and I was like, "Yep, really not but setting a good example for, for myself me. here." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, aside from the the antics, it was just incredible. I mean, meeting you, for example, like we had only ever spoken online. We were both very passionate about the game we loved. Sure, sure. And then just being able to meet everyone that had the same mindset of like. I want this game to change my life. I don't just enjoy it. I want this to be a part wow. of my life. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was what was interesting about it to me is that um, I actually thought the E3 itself, eh, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, no, exactly. It was kind of underwhelming to a point. Mm -hmm. And um, they had already, like, revealed it and like shown off one of the trailers it and got, i think this well, is the xbox it got thing. leaked someone took a picture of the banner uh inside the conference someone who was in early um because i remember i remember uh, this very clearly someone took a picture of the banner that made it clear it was in dc that's what because we didn't know where it was set yet uh, okay and i retweeted it promptly got a message from like three different developers at massive being like bro please don't yeah, deleted my retweet okay. because I felt bad. It, like I didn't have to, but I did like feel bad. It's we like were all they, excited, they want right, this moment. Well. I was just excited, and right? We were there to experience that. So, like mm -hmm. I said, when we landed and the Xbox mm -hmm. conference had already happened, they had already shown it off. I was like, 
So we've flown all of this way to see, and it had already been revealed to everyone. Sure. So it's like, yep. whilst I was on this flight to LA, everyone's seen it. But then we were there for the Ubisoft conference, and that was just Which incredible. was wild. So, yeah. You know what, that whole experience, probably the thing it did the most for me is made me respect the hell out of the Just Dance people. Yes. Like, those people are crazy. In yes. the best way, like in such a positive way. But I've never interacted with a more wild group of people who just want to dance and laugh and have a good time. Like, yes, they probably unfortunately have some toxicity in that community. I guess I bet I bet it doesn't get much patience. I bet they don't get very much attention because those people just seem to just do their thing, man. Um because what a lot of people don't know is that obviously we went to the big conference, we went to the E3 show floor, got to do all that stuff. But I don't think it's, it, it's ever talked about much. And I, I don't know, I'm probably, um, I don't think I'm breaking any NDAs here by talking about the, um, the Ubisoft experience thing where we got to go to that hot as hell mm. warehouse where they set oh, up. God, yeah. yeah. Remember I felt that? so ill because it was so hot. It was awful. But it was it was cool. Like because we, we got to, you know, yeah. Eves did his speech to us and we got to talk to him a little bit. Um, one of my favorite uh, two of my favorite memories from that is one when Skull and Bones was demoing in 2018 mm. and was like finished. Uh, you know, but we know that that's obviously gone through some trials and tribulations. Um, I remember those devs talked to us um, and were like uh, taking questions. And I remember asking the question because at the time, the idea with that game was it was going to be like the DZ from the division, but with pirate ships. Mm. And I always remember saying, hey, have you guys talked to like Red Storm or Massive about how to balance that? Because that can, you know, the griefing and stuff like that can be a, a problem. And I'll never forget the absolute dismissal of me asking that question and then, and then being like, no, we got it figured out. And well, now it's four years later and you still haven't released your game. So I, I'm just saying. I, um, I, the only thing I remember that was having to sit on the roof because I thought I was going to be sick. I was when we so took that hot awful in that picture. It, it was a really cool picture to get. But yeah, it was like 150 degrees out there. It and It was so awful. I, I also remember um, that was if you remember the division team, Hamish um, and oh my God. So Yannick, Hamish, Petter. Um, Anthony was on the team at that point. I think he had like just started. Yeah, because me and him hung around quite a lot. We were yeah. like a similar age, similar well, interests. And remember, stuff. they were doing the live streaming stuff where they were like mobile. Yeah, and they were live streaming. And I'll never forget that there was a moment. And I remember uh, it might have been you and I and Tim and some other people were playing that demo of the Division Two. Um, and, and, and trying to you know, go through it as fast as we could. And I'll never forget that I remember Hamish popping in and like saying hi to me or something and me like going to talk to him and him just walking away. Well, I remember later on watching the, the broadcast, the VOD of it. He was coming to interview me 
but I was in the middle of playing, so he didn't want to interrupt me. And, and I'll never, I just, I, to this day, I just, I have like, oh my God, I just, <laughs> I would have talked. I would have put down the controller. I played that demo yeah. like 50 times. I didn't need to play it 51 times. And I, and I remember a, a long time ago, I went back and clipped out that part from the Twitch VOD and, and like put it on Twitter. It was like, I missed my chance at fame. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was just, that was such a cool experience. And it was mostly because of the people, like, um, it was really fun to meet, obviously everyone, um, you and Tim's interactions were obviously, um, you know, a, yeah. a highlight for me, it was really funny to realize from the state of the games and stuff with the division, I had this impression that Hamish was very small and that Yannick mm. was very tall. And when we showed up to the <laughs> conference, I remember being like, Hamish is very large. Yannick, he's about me sized, and that's cool. And then I can't say Petter, anything about this. <laughs> freaking Petter being this freaking monster walking. I had no idea he was so big. Uh, it was just, it was really fun. And uh, Thylander, I was surprised with how tall Thylander was too. Um, yeah. It's you know, just, well, it's I, I got a story all those Swedes are so freaking, they're all giants. <laughs> how do you think i feel walking through this studio dude, every day <laughs> dude i can't imagine like, george how are you i'm like I'm <laughs> but is uh a lot of swedes at all like when i'm playing football with people here as well it's like there's no point like kicking the ball in the air because i'm just not gonna win it <laughs> so yeah but um you mentioned thailand i I have to tell the story because it's brilliant. We, um, my first day at Massive, I don't know if we want to talk about how, how I got that. That's, but that's where I was going next. Yeah. My first day at Massive, um, he messaged me and he was like, oh, do you want to grab a drink after work? And I was like, well, yeah, like my girlfriend's not moved here. I've got nothing like for sure. Yeah. Let's do it. So he took me to, um, an English pub, which was like just across the, uh, just across the canal. And it's like a very English pub, like dark inside, like, oak furniture like, and like stuff. authentic yeah yeah exactly and i walked in and there's these two guys playing darts like kind of drunk and i just heard one of them use the c word as his like mr star or something <laughs> exactly that's literally what i did i was like ah, yep okay I'm, this is home now <laughs> but uh yeah i i love for the american and... audiences the word is cunt Yes, just, I just don't it, know. <laughs> here in the States, it's like a big taboo word. It, it, people, it, it's like such a weird thing. I don't care because I understand from getting to know people like you and especially the Australians um, that it's just like a colloquial term. You just, hey, buddy. Um, but if there's exactly. anyone who didn't know what he was talking about, I, I'll, uh, I'll throw it out there. I didn't know how PG this podcast was. <laughs> yeah, dude. But like, yeah, that was like two hundred people listen to it. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. It's that. Um. It well. And I guess. And we've kind of touched on it when we were talking before. But like, what has? And and I know you're not like a dev technically. Yeah. Uh, I I think everyone in that building is a dev in their own capacity. But, um, you know, everyone makes the the cogs turn right mm. um but what what would you say is the most striking thing uh or the thing that in your mind has changed the most since you started working there and have kind of gotten a different perspective god um i mean it's 
the line of work I'm in, which is content specialist, is like content is a very broad word, but it's like, sure. you know, screenshots, um, in-game footage and stuff like that. Um, it's always super interesting. It's pretty different every day. It's, there's a lot of people that are all in the in the same like uh, engine, I guess. Like mm -hmm. all of the cogs go like one person turns the other person like is um, sure. like a, an oiled machine, let's say. Um, so yeah, it's just it's interesting how how big it is, how mm -hmm. big the studio is, how many people are there, um, everything that goes on there. <laughs> Obviously, because like, at this point, it's the the whole Avatar team, the whole, I guess now it's the Star Wars team, the Division team, and is the Snowdrop and Ubisoft Connect team there as well? I mean, that that's a lot of teams there. Is, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> that's crazy. The, lately, I've been working very close with um, the division, so you would have seen the social media assets we've been producing, mm -hmm. and that has been so fun. Like understanding how things work, how we capture, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that is, and, and seeing people digest the content as well that me and my team are producing on the other side. Sure. Yeah, is because I've I've always um, been on that side of like a youtuber point of view so like seeing uh i don't know like massive for example release a new video i've always thought like oh how how will somebody how digest this angle? how did they or, or okay sure and how will people take yeah but it? also like how can they produce content about it as well so it's kind mm -hmm. of like it's a completely different perspective but also sure. yeah like you said like um i can't watch game trailers or films or anything Magic's like that now been with, ruined. yeah without being like i know how they've done this or um actually the most recent one i can think of uh me and my partner had my parents here for um a week of the summer and we went to um it's i think it's called malmo castle museum and they had an art exhibition in there and i saw this really cool transition in like this tape they had uh, done. And I was like, um, don't go anywhere. I want you to see this transition. And then I'll tell you how it's done. And then she must have, she stood there for about the two minutes until it got back to the transition. She's like, yeah, that was cool. And I was like, yeah, but this is how they did it. This is how cool it was. It's like someone who so, like designs cars, who wants their, their partner to like revel in this gasket. Like you wouldn't believe yeah. how amazing this <laughs> gasket is. The, the way this gasket works is, is a miracle. And your partner's mm. like, okay, it looks like a piece of rubber to me. I, I don't know. That's yeah, funny. It, yeah, exactly. But um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's super interesting. I, I've done like a lot of that also without, um, putting a downer on anything i can't like i have to be very careful of what i, what I say and oh absolutely 100 like, i don't want to have job, to send so. this to massive for them to approve it so be as vague <laughs> as you can be because yeah, i don't exactly. have to get this approved sure i mean it's, it's common knowledge that um i'm working closely with the division on like a lot of the social content sure. and yeah i'm super enjoying it it's exactly what i came to massive for it's exactly what I wanted to do as well, to a degree. So sure. I couldn't be happier with it.
the um now have you only worked there since the new studio or were you there um, I, I know you did the etf there so you you were familiar with the old studio well, well um, actually i did the etf in newcastle oh, it was gonna be in Sweden, okay but they moved it to newcastle interesting okay i didn't know that <laughs> that's yeah. right i remember that one because it was was it binary kitten were they part of that as well yep. okay yep. so i remember that now okay okay uh, that 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 rings a bell okay um well what's that new studio like just in general in generalities it seems really cool it, it, i mean yeah <laughs> it's still kind of like one of those feelings that like when you like, walk I, into I it work and, here <laughs> like, yeah exactly because that's this um big like massive like it's kind of like a rusted <laughs> sign and i remember that wasn't there when i first went to that studio and it was only like a few months after I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is where I work. And then you go into the reception. That's like a nice, like, uh, like black mat, massive sign. And you're like, yeah, oh, wow. this is pretty cool. And, I'm and doing you, the thing. Like, <laughs> I like to, I'm somebody that this has always been a dream of mine. Like, I've done some really cool stuff. And mm -hmm. Obviously, I worked with Arix Gaming as well for just under a year, like doing sure. YouTube stuff. That's right. So, mm -hmm. like, and even asking him, or like, he always knew that my dream was massive. So, as soon as the op opportunity came up, he was like super helpful. And I just a, like to he's think a really I'm good a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a very honestly good lovely. Dude. And we're still in contact today, which mm -hmm. is like really nice. That's um, awesome. But yeah, I remember like just thinking I don't want to come across like oh I'm bragging because I get to work at Massive. Like you, you people should. have jobs. It's and, awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure there's people at Massive that just see it as a job. But coming from just working in a supermarket, hating it, like mentally, like it just wasn't right for me. Um, YouTube was my escape, and then going from YouTube to full time YouTube, and sure. then to Massive. It's kind of like, yeah, of course I'm gonna like gas this up. It's is what my yeah. dream has been, and so when I meet new people here, and I'm like, oh yeah, I work at Massive. They must be. They're like, oh, what? That's so cool. How did you get there? And then I tell them the story, and they're like, holy shit! Like that's mm -hmm. kind of like the dream scenario. You because I didn't necessarily like graduate university, sure. get like an intern, like kind of how it normally goes you know like, kind of fell into it yeah and it was it, it's just something i'm so proud of and like my parents are super proud of me my girlfriend is just ridiculously proud of me i, mm -hmm. I mean she lives in sweden with me now so like, i'm proud yeah, of you it's... too just so you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean as without the community as well that has always been around the division mm -hmm. i feel like that's a lot of us that are still really tight and yeah sure. we may not speak for months i mean there's times where like we haven't it's spoken the reality for, like, of adulthood yeah you, you, exactly you cannot talk and, to someone for two years and still think they're your friend it's just the way it is and it's brilliant like that mm -hmm. group of almost like that went to e3 and like mm -hmm. i guess we have like youtube buddies as well in that like scene sure it's just so nice that you can you can see that and like I'm proud of like what you do. I'm proud of what Timmy does. I'm proud sure. of like all of these people that I've met along the way. And then for them to be like, George, like what you've done, like I'm proud of you. It, like, it's cool. just, <laughs> yeah, 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 it just feels super nice. And I don't think I'm ever gonna like 
play it down because yeah like working yeah in what i do is like uh is was my dream and still is so yeah i think that's a really good uh way to end it i have more questions <laughs> but i think that's a that's a good note um honestly uh so um well that that was I mean, let me make sure there's nothing really cool i wanted to ask i, I think that I yeah think covered of course. a lot of really good stuff it was that's fine so um well you are still doing youtube content we talked about it a little bit before um so you um are mostly focusing on survival games uh yeah. I, I i enjoy watching your videos because i just don't really have the time or patience to really keep up with all those games so it is i think it is really cool i have an interest in those games so um I've gone, I've actually played a lot of Tarkov. I've gotten really into Tarkov, which I know is like a half step towards the type yeah, of games yeah, you're, more, sure. you're more focused on. Um, and that game's got its own stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting, the, the world's an interesting place right now. Um, but if people want to check out your content, um, uh, check out your social media, stuff like that, where should they follow you or uh, where can they find um, you? Yeah, if you want to see my shit posting, it's probably just Twitter. Like, and then you can find all of the links from there, uh, which is rollout a spell R X L Y A T. <laughs> I always get asked, but yeah, it's it's pronounced rollout. Um, and yeah, I I still tweet a lot about the division. I mean, it's never going to be something that you fall out of love with, no matter what the community makes you want to believe in. Sure. Um. Yeah, and apart from that, it'll be survival games or football. So if you're interested in any of that, then come over and follow me, I guess. Do it. If you're listening to this, you really should be already. So um, thank you so much for chatting with me, man. Um, no, thank you. And I, I, uh, I'm sure uh, one day when I get my crap together, I can have you on another time and we can, uh, we can, we can always, talk a bit more. Always happy to do it whenever. Great. Awesome, man okay and there was our chat we probably could have gone on for hours so uh you know i'll have to have him on again another time um please do check him out uh, i have the links down in the description of the podcast or the video uh, check out his twitter check out his youtube um give the guy some love um i really appreciate him being on the show um and and yeah so i have more guests scheduled more guests are coming up um i can't wait to bring those interviews to you so keep an eye out follow me on all of my socials that are down in the description as well and uh, that's all i have for this one so until next time Thank you.